Welcome to the latest on the law, a podcast of the Boston Bar Association. The Commonwealth's premier legal association, the BBA, is home to over 15,000 members and 140 institutional partners consisting of law firms, corporations, government agencies, legal aid organizations, and law schools. Visit us at bostonbar.org to learn more. Hi, everyone. Good afternoon. My name is Machiko Sano-Hewitt. I'm the co-chair of the Brown Back Committee of the uh, uh, BBATO Section Steering Committee. And I'm very pleased to um, introduce um, you all today that Amy Gebrot and uh, I'm sorry, Emily Gebrot and Amy Bryson, that the two um, representatives from the uh, um, AG's office that uh, who agreed generously agreed uh, with us to present on the new um, charity portal. Emily is a deputy. Uh, um, Division Chief of Nonprofits uh, Organizations and Public Charities Division uh, of AG's office. And uh, Amy is a charities compliance manager who handles these questions a lot from uh, uh, everyone, CPAs and lawyers and so on. So I think we have a wonderful team today to um, explain a lot of things to you that they, if you have any mysteries are still pending. So thank you again very much for your um, um, for joining us and thank you to Emily and Amy. So with that, Emily. Hi, good afternoon, everyone. We're uh, grateful to be here. Thank you, Machiko, for inviting us to join you all. Um, I will shortly turn it over to our, our expert, Amy, to, to walk you through a live demo, but I wanted to uh, encourage you to think about using the Q&A um, function in this webinar. Uh, Amy will walk through uh, the material, the demonstration of the portal, but if you have any contemporary questions about what she's presenting um, that you didn't feel were answered by her presentation, you can feel free to put them in the chat and I will do my best, to, um, I'm sorry, not the chat, in the Q&A put them in the Q&A and I'll do my best to, to answer them there. I would ask that you hold off on asking any questions about parts of the portal that we have not yet demonstrated because chances are Amy will cover it for you. And we'll certainly leave time at the end in case there are some lingering questions once we've finished. Um, we look forward to continuing to work with you all um, and uh, as we roll out the, this portal and, and everybody gets comfortable with it. So with that, I will pass it over to Amy. Thank you, Emily. Um, so I am going to share my screen. So, um, you know, I won't be monitoring the Q&A the way that Emily will be. So um, if I'm just kind of barreling through things, um, that's why is because I'm not going to be monitoring that I am going to be screen sharing. So I want to just be able to um, kind of focus on the demo part of things. Um, also, I am getting over a cold. So my voice is a little scratchy. I apologize. I, I have my hot tea with me. So hopefully, you know, I'll be able to, to get through this and uh, not be too distracting that I sound like this. Um, so what I'm going to start with first is just showing you our um, NPCD um, main charity uh, portal landing page is kind of what we've taken to calling it. So this um, page of our website is going to be really helpful because this is kind of where you'll find all kinds of information and resources regarding the portal. Um, so you can see we have our table of contents, which will walk you through what um, sections we have on the website. The portal, uh, the link directly to the portal is right up top. So you can find that. Um, we have a section on what can be submitted through the online portal. Um, that includes initial charity registrations annual form PC filings, 
um, payment for both initial registrations and annual filings, um, as well as PDFs of additional documentation. So that would be like if your governing documents change, you update your bylaws, articles, anything like that. Um, there's kind of a miscellaneous um, document upload for things that are not specifically associated with um, a fiscal year. Um, also, we have our note here that um, as of September 1 of last year, all um, filings and registrations must come through the portal. Um, you know, we've been sending things back since September. So some of you may have had occasion to, if you submitted something on paper, you might have received something back from our office. Um, and we have been doing that since September um, of last year, trying to get the word out that um, the use of the portal is now mandated. Um, so what cannot be submitted through the portal? Um, fundraiser filings, um, dissolution requests, um, specific notices such as 8A notices, bead notices, um, and probate notices. All of those things um, cannot be done through the portal. Um, and so we have our um, listing here of uh, different email addresses that we use for those things um, that you can send those items to. Um, now, how do I get started on the portal? Um, the main thing that we hope to instill in people is that we do have a lot of resources um, for people that are learning how to use the portal. Um, and those resources are pretty much listed right here. Um, so we have charity portal instructions for e-filers, um, charity portal instructions for signers. This is actually a new um document that just went up very recently on our website. And this is specifically geared towards um, people that are not preparing the filing, um, but have to review the filing and sign off on it. So basically, when it comes to third party filers like attorneys or CPAs, this is a document that's going to be very helpful for you to share with your clients. Um, and it walks them through the process of how to sign off on a filing. Um, I'll also be showing that later on. Um, but I just wanted to make sure to highlight the fact that we do have that um, on our website. You can send this link to your clients anytime you might need to. Um, and that's going to be super helpful to them because the, um, you know, the larger instructions, the portal instructions for e-filers is a much larger document. It gets into a lot more detail. And um, although there is instruction about signing in there, um, it just is maybe a little overwhelming for reviewers and e-signers to um, kind of find their place in there. Um, we have a frequently asked questions document. And then we also have um, training videos. These link to YouTube videos. Um, the link will take you right to YouTube um, and it will walk you through um, how to do certain things. Of course, it's going to show an ad first, but um, that's where you go to. So that, those links are safe. It will take you to YouTube as it is supposed to. Um, and that will just kind of walk you through the process. It's kind of like a on-demand demo for certain um, aspects of what you might need to be doing, um, submitting a registration, do it, starting a PC, obtaining signature, things like that. Um, <clears throat> so if you are looking to register with the AGO for the first time, we do have a whole section on that. I'll circle back in just one second to that. And then we have a section about how to submit annual filings, um, form PC. Um, we do also offer, um, monthly webinars through our office. So if you, uh, any colleagues, any clients that you might have would want to, um, attend one of our webinars, they're very similar to what you're about to see now in terms of a demo and time to ask questions. Um, and we'll be offering those the first Tuesday of every month. Um, and we have one coming up on February 6th. Um, we just set that schedule earlier this week. So the 
um, sign up link. I'm not 100% sure if that's updated quite yet, um, but it will be very soon if it's not yet, because we do have that coming up in just about two weeks um, is our first one of 2024. So when it comes to, um, you know, filing things online, um, kind of the new process of how to do things, the first thing that I'm going to talk about is how to register with AGO for the first time. Um, and when we talk about registering, we do mean an initial registration, um, a group uh, that has never been registered, has never been assigned an AG number. Um, and that could be a group that is just getting off the ground. It could be one that's been around for a while and just didn't know that they had to register. Um, but so that's kind of what we're focusing on right now is registering for the first time. And, um, you know, the way that we've designed this is um, we have a registration e-form, but in order to submit that form, you do not need to sign into the portal. You don't need to create a portal account or sign into a portal account. And the reason that we've done this is because we sometimes get registration requests from groups that are not charitable nonprofits. You know, we get, you know, like a, C, a 501c7 or, um, you know, any other kind of non-charitable nonprofit is not going to have to register with us. And so um, we wanted to kind of save those organizations um, from having to create a portal account if they aren't going to need to file with us. So the registration e-form does exist outside of the portal. Um, so the first thing that you want to do is make sure that your group or the group that you're filing for does not already have an AG number. Um, and so we have this section here. It says, unsure if your charity is registered, please search here. When you click on that, it's going to bring you to our public charities um, filing search site. And on this page is where you can find um, filings for any group that is registered and has been filing with us. So you should search here. Um, you can search by employer ID number or charity name if you're not sure if your group already has um, an AG number. The group that I'm going to be using um, for our Ford PC demo later on is called Golden Retriever Rescue. So I'm just going to type in um, Golden R just to kind of narrow down my search. And you can see that you'll get results. And in this case, you know, there's four different groups that start with Golden R. I can see, okay, Golden Retriever Rescue, that's my group. And if I click on get filings, it's going to show me the AG account number right there. So now I know, okay, great. My group is already registered. I have an AG number. I don't have to go through the initial registration process. So if you find yourself in that situation where an AG number does come up, um, then you know, okay, I, I just need to create a portal account and file through the portal. I don't need to do a registration. Um, I think to note about AG numbers, they're all six digit numbers. They all start with zero. Um, so if you have a number or, you know, a client comes to you and says, oh, I, I think this is our AG number. If it's not six digits and it doesn't start with a zero, it's not an AG number. Um, but so that's the public search. That's how you would find your AG number um, if you need to. If you um, have searched already and you see, okay, I don't have um, an AG number, this group actually does have to register for the first time, then you're going to click here where it says submit the registration e-form available here. And you'll see when you click on that, it just opens up right to the form. Like I said, you don't have to sign into the portal or anything like that. Um, so I do have a registration e-form here that I've already started filling out just in the interest of saving time. Um, but you'll see the form will tell you 
uh, what required, what fields are required. So you have the red asterisk next to them. And um, we do have it organized in tabs so that you can, um, you know, it makes it a little bit easier to kind of move through the whole form. It's not um, overwhelming with a lot of information all on one page. Um, and you can navigate through the tabs by hitting next or previous. Um, and this is just going to give us basic information about the organization. Um, and then you can also upload supporting documents. Um, and those supporting documents are going to be things like articles, bylaws, IRS determination letter, and those things that we ask for um, are partially determined by the information that you fill in um, in this IRS data tab. And so what I mean by that is this question here, type of organization, you can pick corporation, unincorporated or different kinds of trusts or other. So I have it selected as corporation. And then also further down, we ask, has your organization applied for or been granted IRS exempt status? So if I answer that and I say not applied, so now I've indicated I am a corporation and I've not applied for IRS status. So when I hit next and I go into the tab that is um, supporting documents, the um, system knows to ask me for my articles of organization, my bylaws, and any other optional attachment based on those answers I gave. If I go back here and I change this and I say I'm an unincorporated association and I have received my tax exempt status, it's going to ask me a couple more questions. These are what we call dynamic fields. You'll see you'll see that a lot in the um, foreign PC part of things where how you answer one question will open more questions if we have follow-ups. Um, so here I said I received my IRS letter. So it asks me what section and the date of my letter. So I'll just select a date and then I'm able to move on. And now the supporting documents field is asking me for different documents than it just did before. So now it is asking me for a copy of my IRS letter. It's asking me for my bylaws. And instead of my um, articles of organization, it's asking for, you know, is it whether it's my article, my charter, my agreement of association, written purpose, it's good. I'm, we're going to want one of those things uploaded because you can see not all three of those are required the way the other documents are. And that's just because when, an un, when a group is unincorporated, they don't always have the exact same um, governing documents. So I'm going to change this back to corporation just to kind of give less um, fields to have to fill in. And then to upload these attachments, it's super easy. You just click on upload files. Um, and then you can, you know, you can drag and drop files or you can um, attach them the way I just did. It just takes a couple seconds to upload those. And when it's um, a required field, you're going to have to include those in order to proceed. And be, again, because I put in that, yes, I did receive my IRS determination, that field is going to be um, required. So um, for optional, I'm not going to put anything there. And I just submit that this is correct information. And it's going to give me, um, it's going to bounce me back to the NPCD page, but it should send me an email that says charity registration request has been submitted. So you'll get this email once the um, registration has been submitted. And the process, um, the way this is happening now is, is different from how we were doing it in paper. 
Um, you know, when we were doing it in paper, we would expect to get registration documents as well as maybe back filings or a Schedule A2, depending on what the group needed. Um, now we just do this registration e-form that we just saw. And then once we review everything, we will come back to you and we'll tell you, hey, congrats, you've been, um, the organization has been registered. Here's the AG number. Please create a portal account so that you can log in and you can pay the $100 registration fee and you can submit XYZ, whatever it is, we will tell you exactly what to submit. If it's a brand new group that's just starting and they're going to solicit, we'll ask for a Schedule A2 form for the current fiscal year. If it's a group that's maybe been around for a couple of years, we'll ask for that registration um, fee as well as two years of back filings of Form PC. So whatever it is that we need, um, based on the information provided on the e-form, we will ask you um, or tell you exactly what it is that we need. And the reason that we've kind of changed how we do that um, is because we would sometimes get filings that were incorrect. You know, maybe we needed back filings. We would only get an A2 or the group was going to solicit, but they didn't send an A2. So we would have to request that. And it just kind of held things up a little bit. Um, and so this way we're able to um, keep the registration part simple for people. They don't have to create that portal account right away. And then we tell them, you know, great, here's you're registered. Here's exactly what we need. And it just makes things easier um, for everybody. So that is the registration um, part of things. Now, when you are ready to actually file a form PC, um, then that's when you're going to need to log into the portal. Um, so the first step is going to be to create a portal account. Um, so I have the login page here for the portal. I um, have my credentials saved. That's just a browser setting that I have. So, you know, once you create a portal account, you'll be able to have the same um, if you select that in your browser. But so when you come to this page, normally those two fields that you see, the login info would be blank. And if you're creating an account for the first time, you just want to click on where it says create a new user account. Um, and this is a process that's very similar to any time um, anybody creates an account anywhere, whether it's to, you know, log in and pay your visa bill or to create, um, you know, a, make an Amazon order, whatever it is. I think people are familiar um, with um, creating accounts at this point. Um, all right. So once you submit that, um, oh, so I already have an account. So that's why this is actually a good thing um, to see this pop up. You'll get this message. Your request cannot be processed. And we even, um, you know, say issue signing up. You may already have an account. So if you do try to create an account and you already have one, it's not going to work. It's going to give you this message. And then you can just use the forgot my password um, link if you need to. When you do sign up for the portal, um, this is the email that you're going to get. It says, welcome to the charity portal. And you have to, um, there's an extra step that you have to do, which is to create your actual password. So you would get this welcome to the charity portal email. You click on this link um, and you would normally, you won't get the same page that I'm seeing because I already have an account, but you would get a page that is asking you to set your password. So it is really, really important when you get this email from, um, from our office that says that you've created an account, it's very important to make sure you follow up with that and create your password because um, that kind of finalizes um, the process and then you will be able to log into the portal. So once you've created that account, you'll have your um, login info and you just hit log in. And that's gonna take you to 
your homepage, which is going to show you the number of things that you can do within the portal. So the first section is annual charity filing. That's your form PC um, section. Supplemental initial registration um, information, that's going to be the Schedule A2 form, and that should only be filed when we specifically request it um, as part of an initial registration. Um, we don't need that additional form um, separately for a regular form PC because solicitation info is on the form PC. Um, and then we have payments. This would be where you'd pay initial registration fee, form PC, Schedule A2 fees, um, and then that miscellaneous document upload that I mentioned earlier, anything that's not specifically related to um, a form PC filing or a specific fiscal year, I should say. Um, so what we're going to do is go into the manage annual filing form PC section. And the first thing that you're going to do is create or put in the AG number. Um, what I should have mentioned when I was talking about creating a portal account is there are no existing portal accounts. So that's been a question we've had sometimes. A charity will call and say, oh, I don't know how to access our portal account. We haven't done this before. The answer to that is you don't have a portal account. You have to create a portal account in order to use the portal. There are no existing. Um, we did not create accounts for like every charity that's registered with us or anything like that. Um, accounts are intended um, for users that are going to be um, like reviewers and signing off on things specifically, um, they're created to be individual accounts. They're not um, meant to have like an account for the whole charity. Um, so if the president of the charity and the treasurer of the charity are both going to need to sign off on a filing, they should each have their own accounts. Um, for third party filers, such as attorneys or CPAs, um, we do allow for you to have a firm account. So, you know, you might have um, uh, an account that many people log into. The thing to make sure of with that is that you don't have people logged in working on the same filing at the same time. Um, so just be aware of that. And you'll see we actually have a little pop up when you go to do the PC that kind of walks you through that, too, because that could jeopardize what information is getting saved. Um, and when you log into your portal account, whether you're using a firm account or if you're using your individual account that you use to make filings for clients, you will be able to file for any charity. So you don't need to have like a specific login for client A and then a different login for, for client B. You can have your, your portal account and you can make filings for any of your clients under that same um, portal account. You, and that's why the first step in um, making a filing is putting in the AG number for the group because you, we want to make sure that you're filing um, for the correct group. So you put in the AG number. You also can search um, by federal ID number and organization name, but AG number is really kind of the most um, reliable way to search. And then you'll get the result. It, when you're searching by AG number, you should always only get the one result of the organization that's registered. We don't reuse AG numbers. Um, so you should only get one result um, here. And then you just select get form PC filings. Um, if there have been any, like if it's not your first time using the portal, then you will see other submitted filings that were made on your account for this charity, they would be under all submitted filings. Um, here you can see it says no record found because we don't have any um, that we've you know kept the records for. 
So, but this does not include um, paper filings. This is strictly portal filings. So don't be nervous if you have a client that you've been filing for for 10 years, um, you won't see those paper filings listed here. So don't worry um, if that's the case. Um, active filings um, would be filings that you have that are in a waiting signature status. So if you've prepared a filing, you're waiting for a client to sign off on it, it would be there as well as in-progress filings. So you can see I do have one in-progress filing um, and that's just because I filled in most of it um, to show you later on for the demo so that you don't have to watch me enter all the required fields. So we'll come back to that one in one second, but if you are starting um, a, a form PC from scratch, you're gonna scroll all the way down and you're gonna select um, under create a new form PC, you're gonna select the year that you're going to um, be filing for. Uh, we're in 2024 now, so they just added this uh, 2024 line here for you to select for. And you'll see the dates do go back, but they don't go back super far. And that's because in order for a charity be to be considered in compliance with our office, we need um, filings for the four most recent fiscal years. So we do have a little bit of a range here because depending on the fiscal year date of the group, you know, you might have to go back uh, to 2019 or 2020, depending. So we have a little bit of a range, um, but a group wouldn't have to file back filings for more than um, the four most recent years. So that's why the um, 2019 is the last one that we have listed here. So for this one, I'm going to select 2023. And I'm going to click on start. And you'll see um, this warning pops up. This is what I mentioned. If you have multiple people logged into the same account. Like if you have a firm account, um, you just wanna be making sure you're not working on the same filing at the same time um, because that will just confuse things. Um, so when the filing opens, you'll see we have it organized over on the left. There are a number of different tabs um, of information. The form is very similar to what we just saw with the charity registration form. You know, it's uh, purposely made to look very similar. Um, and each tab that you're gonna see has a number of, of questions. Some are required, some are not. Um, again, required fields will have that asterisk next to them. Um, and as we go through the different uh, tabs, you can see different fields. So I'm just gonna um, super, super briefly just enter um, one piece of information here. So I'm gonna do the address for the organization is filled in. Um, also, you can see here, because you've indicated already what organization you're filing for, it's going to fill in here the organization name, the FEIN, the information that we have um, in the system is going to um, pre-populate. Um, also, after you have made at least one filing through the portal and we have reviewed and accepted that filing, um, some of the information here, specifically on this tab, that's kind of like general information that's kind of unlikely to change, that will carry over from year to year once you've submitted once through the portal and had that filing accepted. So you won't have to do um, quite as much data entry every time some some fields will carry over. Um, but if it's your first time filing um, for that group through the portal, you won't have anything carrying over. Um, so one of the features that we have, because you know anyone who's familiar with the form PC, whether it's on paper or through the portal, knows that that can, is a lengthy form. Um, you know, 
there's a certain number of questions that are going to be answered by every single group. Um, there are some that are only going to be answered by others, but there is a lot of information on the form PC. We have not um, added or subtracted any information um, in the transition from paper to um, portal. It's just organized differently. Um, but so there is a lot of information that we're asking for. And so we have a feature where you can save and close. So you don't have to complete this um, this submission all in one sitting. Um, for the charity registration, you do have to do it all in one sitting because since you're not in the portal, you're not able to save that data. Um, but that filing is also a lot um, shorter. So it's not as big of a problem to do that in one sitting. But for the PC, it's totally fine to do that in different increments. So all I did was enter the address. That's all, it's just, you know, one piece of information is all you need to do. And then you can hit save and close. And now this filing is gonna be here. Um, and it's going to be created and I can come back to it whenever I need to. So once you save and close, it's going to bounce you back to the manage form PC um, page. So I'm just going to put in my AG number again, select my golden retriever rescue. And now I will have two in progress filings. I'll have the one that I just created a second ago, as well as the one that I had from before. So I am going to go into that 2022 filing that I was working on earlier because I filled in most of the fields. Um, in that one, again, we get our pop-up. And so you can see I've filled in a lot more fields here um, and a lot more tabs. Uh, a few things I wanted to show you is, like I mentioned, we have the dynamic um, fields. So a lot of questions are gonna show minimal, um, there'll be minimal questions showing until you provide information. And then we might show you more questions based on that answer. And a really, really good example of that is the solicitation data. Um, this, going back to those of you that are familiar with the paper form PC, um, this is uh, where we ask about solicitation, uh, the Schedule A1 and Schedule A2 part of that form. This is kind of what this is equivalent to. So if I say, during the year reported here, did your organization solicit contributions? If I say yes, then it's going to say, are you claiming an exemption for that? I'm going to say no. And it's going to open up a whole bunch of questions which um, are related to solicitation. So it's going to ask me what type of solicitation I'm doing. what, How am I doing that? Am I using any professional fundraisers? Um, you know, who has custody of the funds? All of this stuff. So all of these questions are not even going to show to you until you've indicated that they apply to you. So um, in this case, I'm gonna change this back to no. And I say, no, we don't solicit. We didn't solicit during the year reported here and we're not soliciting in the year upcoming. And that's it, I've answered two questions. All of that information that just opened up for me is now gone because those questions don't apply to me. Um, so if you answer right off the bat, no to a certain question, you're not gonna see anything else um, required. Um, here we have, we ask for, um, a list of those responsible for custody and distribution of funds. I already attached that document, but it is the same process as um, when you attach documents to the registration um, form. So we ask for here in our financial data tab, a bunch of different financial information. Um, here, does your organization have paid employees? If I say yes, it's gonna open up these fields where we want to know about the compensation for your five highest paid employees. If I indicate no, I don't have any paid employees, I don't even see those questions. So it just makes things a little bit easier and more streamlined for questions that don't apply to you. Um, 
Another section where that applies a lot is related parties. If you don't have any related party transactions, you say no to these questions, you're not seeing anything else. If you say yes, it's going to open up an extra field where we just want to know information about those related party transactions. Um, so that those dynamic fields are really helpful in making things a little bit more streamlined for um, people. So I've indicated already um, that I don't solicit, and this is that that solicitation data section is particularly important because if a group does solicit, um, that means that two signatures are required on their form PC. Um, again, if you're familiar with the paper form PC, there was a signature page seven and a signature page 12. Page 12 required two signature page or two signatures, and that was required if a group solicited funds. And so we have that same requirement. If a group solicits funds, we need two signatures. If they do not solicit funds, they only need one person to sign off on the form. So when we get to this section, which is titled reviewers data, what we're trying to get at here is is the person who's filing this um, submission, are you an authorized signatory? So maybe I'm the president of the group that I'm filing for, or I'm the treasurer. So I would be authorized to sign this filing. And so I'm, I'm submitting it, I'm signing it. Nobody else has to be involved. Um, and that's it. If I'm not an authorized signatory, which for a third party filer, uh, most of the time they're not an authorized signatory, then the system is going to prompt me to provide um, contact information for people that are authorized signers. So in this case, I've indicated I don't solicit, which means one signature is going to be required. And so when I get asked the question, am I an authorized signatory? I'm going to say no. So now I'm going to have to provide um, information, a name and email address for an authorized signatory that is not you. And we do put that very specifically, provide the name and email of an authorized signatory that is not you, because some people we found at the beginning of using the portal were just putting themselves again, or, or they were putting their own email, and it just was confusing things a lot. So you want to make sure that if you are not an authorized signatory, that you put the name and email address of someone else, whether it's your client or another person at the organization who is going to sign off on this, and this information, particularly their email address, needs to be used by them when they create their portal account. So I'm going to say that again because it's super important. The email address that you, the preparer, put on this form as the email address for the authorized signatory must be the email address that they use to create their portal account. So for example, if Emily is the signer that I need to sign off on this filing, I need to make sure I put Emily's mass.gov email address on this form. And I make sure that Emily and I have communicated to the point that she knows I'm putting her mass.gov address on here. Because if I put her mass.gov email address on this form, and then I tell her, great, you're all set to sign off on this. She goes to the portal, she creates her portal account, and she uses her personal email address. She logs in and she finds, hey, there's no filing here for me to review. What are you talking about? And it's because she used the wrong email to create her account. Hang on just one second because I do have to cough and I'm going to mute myself. Okay, sorry about that. <clears throat> so you want to make sure that you're always using <clears throat> the same email address here as that person is going to be using to create their portal account. I know I just said that like 10 times in a 
one minute span, but it's very, very important. And it is something that we've run into questions and problems with. So <clears throat> hold on one second. Again, I'm good. What I'm going to do is fill in um, name and email. I'm going to put my own name. I'm going to put a different email address that I've been using. So just hang on while I also cough. Sorry about that. So I'm putting in formpcreviewer at gmail.com. Or I should say, that is the email address that my reviewer, that is my reviewer's email address. I'm going to right now purposely make a typo um, so that I can show you a feature that we have where you can update information. Um, you know, try not to make a typo if you can, but so formpcreviewer at gmail is the account that I'm going to use. I'm going to just take that F out. And so now it just says formpcreviewer. But I don't realize that at first. I think, great, I'm going to um, submit this. I just have to sign off and make sure that the um, information is correct. I'm going to hit submit. And I must have forgotten something because it bounced me back to a page. If you do forget to add something in, um, it will tell you exactly what you forgot. So it's going to say in the for financial data section, um, upload your federal. Um, basically, I forgot to upload the 990 because I was going to show you how to do that and I didn't. Um, so, but it tells me financial data section. So I go right to that section and then I scroll down and it's going to um, show me what I need to upload. And the reason I wanted to show you this specifically is to just go over the fact that um, we did a several months ago change our threshold for 990s. We used to require a 990 if the group had $5,000 in revenue or above. We have raised that threshold to 25000 Also, I want to make sure to mention when you upload a 990, do not include a Schedule B. Um, the Schedule B has donor information on it, and we don't want that attached because these filings are all public record, um, and we don't want donors' personal information to be released. So... Super important, do not include a Schedule B. Previously, when we were receiving paper filings, it was easy for us to just pull those pages out before we um, scanned those documents and made them public. We're not able to do that now with the digital uploads. So that's very important. Make sure no Schedule Bs. Um, and then you just hit Upload File, click your document, <clears throat> and that's just going to take a second. And there you go. So now I go back to form submission. I do have to fill in or check my box again because I changed something and hit submit. Okay. So now I've submitted this. Um, I'm going to put a cough drop in my mouth. So I apologize if you'll be able to hear it when I'm talking, but this is not a great situation right now for me. <laughs> um, so once I send that filing, now normally what will happen is that the form PC reviewer email would get an email saying, hey, you have something waiting for your signature. But that's not going to happen because I I made a typo in the email address. <laughs> so if I realize that, hang on one sec. I'm so sorry. Um, because I made a typo in the email address, I maybe realize that, or maybe my client says, you know, I still haven't gotten that email that you told me to expect to sign in for the portal. Um, you know, I think maybe you put the wrong email address or 
maybe, you know, someone calls you and says, hey, I told you that Fred Smith was going to be the reviewer, but actually it's going to be Joe Johnson. Is there any way you can change that? And the answer now is yes. Previously, it had not been, but we added this feature very recently um, to assist, mostly to assist third-party filers um, because they were running into issues. <clears throat> so here you can see my 2022 filing. The status is awaiting signature. That means that I, as the e-filer, have done what I need to do to it, and now it needs to be signed off. Previously, that would mean that this file was locked to editing for me um, because it was, you know, the reviewer had to review it and sign off. But now we are able to open a filing for recall. Um, and the reason we've done that really was specifically to deal with signature issues. So we'll see this more in a second when we are looking at it from the reviewer perspective. But you can see here we have a link to the financial or the PC data as well as we see all the attachments. Um, and again, I'll show you this more as the reviewer side of things. But for now, if you need to recall, you select needs corrections and then click recall. And that will open um, the filing back up to you. So once you've done that, you have to go back to the manage form PC section um, and open that filing back up so that you can edit. So in this case, what I'm going to be doing is changing the um, fixing the typo that I made in the email address, but you would be able to either change the email address completely. Um, and so you can see now it's gone from awaiting signature back to in progress. So I'm gonna click on that. And I'm gonna edit. And I'm gonna go to my reviewer data. And we can see here my typo email address. Now I'm gonna correct that. And redo this part. Submit. And now my reviewer will receive this email that says um, a filing is waiting for your review. <clears throat> so now they know 2022 filing for your group. It gives them the AG number, has been submitted, and is waiting for your review. And then I click on... I'm going to just close a few of these tabs because there are quite a bit of them. <laughs> um, so I click on the link. It just brings me to the portal login page. Um, I do need to change it because I have two different ones I'm going to be using. So now I'm signing in as foreign PC reviewer, which is the email that was provided for the reviewer. I'm going to log in. And then the process um, for a reviewer in terms of how to get to the filing is the same as when you're filing or creating the, the filing or editing a filing. You go to manage form PC, you put in <clears throat> the AG number, you go to get PC filings, and then your assigner wants to scroll down and look for the section that says submitted filings for your review and signature. So you can see it says awaiting signature. It lists the preparer name here. So I'm going to click where it says click to review. I'm going to hit view. And um, th this first page is going to show me the attachments. So if I click um, on those, it's going to show me the 990, the you know financial statement, whatever it is that I've uploaded. Um, I'll be able to view those. For me, I just have dummy documents. So they're not anything even worth opening. Um, 
and then click here to view the form PC data. So this is gonna be basically all of the fields that we entered are gonna show here. And so we can see, you know, addresses, we could see if we had filled in that we were gonna solicit, these different um, tabs would be filled in with the type of solicitation. You know, I kept it pretty minimal um, when I was preparing this just to keep it simple, um, but there might be all of these questions that are answered as no. If the answer was yes, you would be able to see the explanation that was attached. So as much or as little information as needed to be entered will be um, showing here when the reviewer goes to view it. Um, and if you look up here at the very top of this page up on the right, if you if the client, say, wanted to have this for their records, um, and these filings are all public records, so they would be able to access this on the public search site eventually. But if in the meantime, they wanted to print this, um, they can do that. Or if you wanted to print this and share it with your client for them to review, that's fine too. You would just go to print this page, select your printer. You could save it as a PDF um, if you want to send it to them. Um, but that's where you would go for that um, is to, to see all the information and you can print from there as well. Once you get out of that, you hit close window. So now I've looked at everything. I'm happy with it. Um, and I want to accept the filing. I would click on accepted. If um, there is anything that your client sees that they think is wrong, like, oh, you know, you put in the wrong address or you uploaded last year's 990 instead of this year's, whatever the case might be, if there's anything that needs to be changed about that filing, they would select needs corrections and they'll click off. I want to send the form back to the e-filer. And then it is between the e-filer and the reviewer to communicate as to what needs to be changed. So if I'm the reviewer and I say, oh, you uploaded the wrong 990, it's up to me to communicate offline to my filer what needs to be changed. You need to upload the different 990. You need to change this information. That is not done through the portal. So that conversation happens offline between the e-filer and the reviewer. In this case, um, it, it looks good to me. So I hit accepted. I click off this box that I'm signing under the penalty of perjury and I hit submit. And so now this filing has been accepted. Um, and the last step that needs to happen is that this filing needs to be paid for. So we should get in our e-filer email we get this um, notification that a form PC has been approved by the signatories and it's now pending payment. So now we go back into the portal and let's see, we would log into the portal. We'll go to our uh, main page in order to pay that filing fee. We're going to scroll down to payments, click on make payments. Again, we always start by putting in our AG number make sure we um, have the right organization. It's always gonna tell you, you know, here's the name, here's the AG number, and you just wanna double check that you're always working with the right organization. And now it's gonna show you your list of pending payments. So in this case, we have a $35 payment for the 2022 filing. The fee amount calculates automatically based on the gross support and revenue. So in this case, I believe I put like 29,000 for the gross support. So it's a $35 fee. Um, again, if you're familiar with doing the PC over the years, you know, as the fee or as the gross support revenue goes up, so does the fee. So you might have 35, 70, whatever it is. Um, it's going to show here if you owe 
the $100 registration fee, that's going to show here too. So any fees that are outstanding for the group are going to show here. And then you just click on pay and it is going to redirect you to um, a different site. Encourt is our payment processor. You'll see it will have the name of the AG Charities Division here so you know that you are paying for the right thing. Um, and there are two different ways that you can pay. You can pay by credit or debit card or by electronic um, check or ACH, which would be like a bank transfer from the directly from the account. If you select credit or debit card, there is a convenience fee. Um, so you can see up here, it tells you $35 for the fee, 82 cents convenience fee. The convenience fee does depend on the amount of the fee. So if you had a $500 fee, the convenience charge would be a little bit more. Um, if you choose to create or to pay by electronic check or ACH transfer, first thing is you will get this pop-up that gives you the originator ID. Um, and that is sometimes needed to provide to your bank so that they know um, that the payer or the payee is authorized and everything. So you might need to give that um, or your client might need to give this number to their bank so that it's on the approved list. Um, but the other important thing to note about the electronic check or ACH is that there is no filing or no convenience fee for that. So you're just paying the straight fee, nothing additional. So you do have that option um, to not pay a convenience fee. It's just up to you. Um, and then, you know, pretty standard in terms of entering the information, whether it's the routing number or if you do the credit card, you'll have all that information. Um, and then it will tell you it will appear on your statement as NCORT and MAAGO Charities. Um, and that's pretty much it. I'm not going to make a payment, obviously. Um, but once you make a payment, you'll also get an email um, confirming that. So the system definitely does have a lot of audit automated emails to kind of keep people in the loop um, for these things. The reviewer, um, which is the email I'm in right now, also gets that payment um, notice that the payment is available to be made. So both the e-filer and the reviewer um, get that email. Um, and actually anybody would be able to log in and make that payment. So say I'm the reviewer, I'm the president of the group, but the treasurer is going to be the one to make the payment. The treasurer can create a portal account and they're going to put in that AG number. Um, they go to the payment section, put in that AG number, and they would see that um, that payment pending as well because they have the AG number in there. So um, they would go and they would be able to do that payment as well. So I think that is everything. Um, I just want to look at my list very quickly, make sure that we touched on everything. Um, and I think we did. So I will stop sharing. Yeah. Thank you. Actually, don't stop sharing first for one minute okay. because there's a question in the Q&A that I thought might be helpful with okay. a quick demo. Can mm -hmm. you just um, show folks where they can go if they have a miscellaneous document that they want to submit mm -hmm. that yep. isn't prompted in the portal with a PC filing? Yes. Um, so you would log into the portal, go to the homepage, which is this page right here, list our form PC, A2, payments, and then upload other documents. Um, so you're just going to click on upload documents. Again, we start with our trustee AG number and we find our group and then you're just going to select the document type. So these are the document types that we allow, you know, a lot of the times it's going to be articles or bylaws that are going to be changed. Um, but it could be, you know, 
maybe when your group initially registered, you hadn't received your IRS letter yet. And now two weeks after you registered, you get the IRS letter. So you want to include that then. You would select copy of IRS letter, upload files, and you just do that right through here. It's going to take a second. There we go. And the file has been successfully uploaded. And there you go. So, and our division does get notified when these um, are updated and then they get um, shown to the public. So it's not initially available on the public search website until we indicate that it is because sometimes people include things um, incorrectly. We've gotten a few people try to submit PDFs of paper filings doing it this way instead of filing through the portal. Very sneaky, not allowed. It will be sent back. We will tell you not, not, not to do it that way. Uh, but yeah, that's the miscellaneous document upload. Very straightforward. All right. Anything else that would be helpful for me to address while I'm sharing my screen or? I uh, know I, we had just had a, a question about processing time. I wish I could give you a specific answer on that. Um, you know, the, the portal is something that we're still um, kind of getting everybody comfortable with. Uh, and also we're still kind of fig figuring out finalizing the last of the paper filing. So I mm -hmm. um, uh, appreciate the question. Not sure I can give you a specific answer, but uh, in the future, this will be significantly faster long-term than what we've been doing with paper. Um, we're just still in that ramp up phase at the moment. Yeah, and it's important to note, um, and that, that was a good reminder because I did mean to mention that, is that just because things are submitted through the portal now doesn't mean that the review of them is instantaneous or anything like that all of these filings are still reviewed by our human staff. So everything is still getting looked at by a person. Nothing is um, automated as far as a review of these things go. So that's why, you know, there is a timeline and it, and it does take a certain amount of time because we're still dealing with the same volume of filings. Um, it's just a different format now, but we do still have our, our same staff, our same number of staff dealing with the amount of filings that are coming in. We have another question, Amy. It says, mm -hmm. for a Schedule RO, do we have to enter all related organizations or can we attach a supplemental schedule? Will those entries roll from year to year? So there is um, a certain number of fields that you would fill in and then you can enter uh, or you can attach a document if there are um, a certain number, because there's only a certain amount of fields for the related um, organizations. And then you could attach um, a document if you have any beyond that. Um, that information I don't believe is, is information that is, um, going to roll over. Um, we can check on that and see if that's something that we could do. Um, cause presumably that probably wouldn't change a ton, um, from year to year. So the answer is right now, that's not, those are not fields that would roll over. Um, but that's certainly a question that we can talk to our IT team about and see if we can include those in things that will roll over. We have another question. Are the form and instructions still available on the AG's website for reference purposes? The old form PC is no longer available. Um, the old form PC instructions are no longer available. We're really encouraging folks to get comfortable with the portal, to lean into the resource materials we have about the portal, the instructions we have for the portal. Um, uh, and that, that's really where we would direct you now is to, to, to lean into those resources. Please feel free to pop any last minute questions you have. Otherwise, um, we'll, we'll turn it back to Machiko. It's been great to be here. Our team is also here to answer questions as, as you have them. I would encourage you to start with our um, resource 
materials first, to send your clients to our resource materials first. Um, they have been carefully put together with a lot of the kind of frequently asked questions that have come in and hopefully can be a good place to start. But certainly if there are questions outside of those materials, uh, we welcome you to reach out. Absolutely. We did get one more question. Can you provide a printout of the portal questions and answers to help prepare pairs navigate Q&A with clients? Like a frequently asked questions, if that's... Uh, what you're thinking about there. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure if they mean a, like a Q&A or if they're talking about like, once you enter the information, you could do what I showed, which is go and when you're viewing the filing. Um, and I did show that as the reviewer, but you can do that as an e-filer. You can go in and you can view the filing um, in that kind of format where I showed how you could print it and you could save that as a PDF and um, share that with your client so you can show them the information that you've filled in to the form. So not 100% sure which question you're asking there, but either way, there there is a way to do both of those, either with an FAQ document or by printing that out um, or PDFing that information that's been entered. So um, I have a question that I asked you this question a week ago that when mm -hmm. we are meeting about this program, but yeah, so there's no online form, but yeah, uh, just a plain form without the uh, data populated in there at all. I mean, I understand that you can, you know, uh, um, save in a PDF and then share as you suggested, but you still mm -hmm. have to populate in order to be able to print out the PDF. Do you have any yes. uh, available? Um, we don't have a blank um, version of that available, no. Thank you. Mm -hmm. That's it. Is there any other question you see, Emily, or no? If you have more than three bank accounts, do you just list the top three? Um, you can put do the top three in the fields that are in there and then you can upload because we do have a place for miscellaneous document upload or optional documents, I believe is what it's called within the form PC, not in that miscellaneous document section that I showed you, but you can, there's an other optional attachments within the form PC that you could use if you need to. And I think the final question maybe is for, for Noel and Machiko, there, there's a question, a request if and get a PDF copy of the transcript, which I'm assuming perhaps is the Q&A. Okay. Um, that's, a, I think, the question for Noel. Do you have a... Um, I, can, um, I can pull the answers from the Q&A, uh, and I'll just put that together, but it, it may take just a little bit of time, um, but I will get that over to the attendees. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you, um, Amy, you've been heroic with your cough sense. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, thank you very much. <laughs> and yeah, Emily, awesome. for your help. And this has been a wonderful presentation. We really appreciate that. So well, thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you, thank you for joining thank us, you. everyone. Have a good afternoon. Bye. Right. Bye-bye. Thank you, everyone.